everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Sexy Scary Book Club. I'm Lisa. And I'm Jess, and I clearly <laughs> didn't know we had started. It's <laughs> because uh, I couldn't see the screen or on my microphone. I was like looking yeah, for the I'm like, countdown. what is she looking for? <laughs> I don't know. Just staring off vaguely in the distance. Yeah, you it's know, Sunday. we all have those days. <laughs> yeah, more so than usual for me lately. Um, yeah. So, hi. We took uh, another week off impromptu. I read slow. It's my fault. I kept falling asleep. Not That doesn't say anything about the book I read. Because the book (laughs) I read was very rich and full of action, but... I'm old and tired and well it and you it was your second time through the book too. So maybe it was. Not, yeah. <laughs> maybe it does it is hard sometimes with a reread. You don't have quite that same intensity, I mm-hmm. would say. So well, like you've mentioned in prior episodes, I mean, you don't read it with the same intensity, but you also kind of get other things out of it because Absolutely. when you're reading it through the first time, you're like, get to the the couple. Especially with this book, which, you yes. know, you're not going first, but like this one is, you know, they're kind of, yeah, I don't know. This was my favorite one of the three. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, we'll get to that. Then. Yeah. What did you read? Oh, yeah. So do you want to tell them our theme for the week? It is choosing sides. I think and this you... is very, very common. Yeah. It's a pretty <laughs> common trope. Um, yeah. So you assigned me my book. I know for the last two episodes, I just picked my own. <laughs> from my to-be-read list. Um, But you assigned me a book, and it's the first book in the Darkest Dre trilogy. It's called Blood Oath. Um, And when I had announced it at the end of last episode, I said it was written by Ray Wagner. But then when I went back in, I didn't realize that it was actually also written by Kelly St. Clair. So it was a new author. And so Kelly St. Clair also wrote the Tainted Accords series, which I covered I think in the first episode of this season, the Veils and Bad Moms episode. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what the episode number was. <laughs> um, and so it was released in uh, 2017. Like I said, there's three books. I only read the first one, um, which there's issues with that and I'll get into. <laughs> um, so let me just give a synopsis. So Rin is how I say her name. It's R-Y-N. Yeah. She lives in Verald, which is a kingdom that's separated into zones. And she describes it like a bullseye with the king's castle being in the center and then all the different zones move out from there, which is kind of interesting to think about if you're picturing it like a map. So the like neighborhoods are circular. (laughs) Yeah. I think it makes sense because, like, the wealth is concentrated in the center, and then as you move away from yep, the center, yep, yep. you know. Yeah, so that's how she describes it. It's like the the poorer areas are on the outside of the bullseye. Um, and so Rin lives in Zone 7, which is, like, the poor zone. She, her mother is, um, like, kind of known for her green thumb. So there's a similarity to your world there's like a, I'm going to call it a rot, which is not how they refer to it in um, this book, but that is how they refer to it in your world. So there's, you know, the the land used to be lush and there's something that's going on and now food is scarce. So obviously the outer zones are the ones that are in most need of food because, you know, oh. nobody's taking care of them. This actually sounds a lot like an, another book that we just read that you love. Yeah. Yes, yeah. 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 <laughs> Lots of different tropes. Uh, so, so Rin's mom is kind of known for her green thumb. And so she goes around to all the different zones that, you know, aren't being delivered food from the source and kind of tries to help them grow crops I think potatoes are like one of the largest crops, which I'm like, okay, I'd do okay with that because <laughs> this girl I mean, loves herself a potato. <laughs> I don't. I like a sweet potato. I don't like a potato. Whatever. How could you? How dare you? They're, they uh, they're not good for me. They make yeah, me no, hurt. they're not good. Yeah, that's that's fair. Okay. I feel the same about cheese, except I love it. I just it doesn't yes. love me back. So it's so true. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyhow. Anyhow. <laughs> Um, so 
Rin is not known for her green thumb. So her mom makes a big point of being like, you're a plant killer. You're no help to me. <laughs> uh, so she sends her to work at this local pub and restaurant called the Crane's Nest uh, for, I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's D-Y-T-E-R. Dieter. I said Dieter. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if it's supposed to be Dieter. Like I would view. say Dieter. I yeah, I said Dieter too, but I was like questioning that. But there's been, just as another side note in the middle of my synopsis, there's been a lot of like a hot topic about pronunciation of names um, from the last episode in the Court of Thorn and Roses world. So uh-huh. I don't know. I guess I was not saying Lucian. Is that how you said his name? I say Lucian. Okay, you say Lucian too. That's, that how I guess that's how you're supposed to pronounce it. It's oh. Lu- Lush- Lucian. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, all these names. like Oh, it doesn't really... matter. I don't care. Yeah. And yeah. then, of course, the Reese and Rice and Reese. Yeah, I don't know. And who else? There was another one that we were going over. Anyway. Oh, there's many. Yeah. I, I knew someone named Lucian, and that's how he pronounced it. And so that's where I was coming from on uh. my pronunciation choice. So, you know, do your own thing. He will be Lucian forever for me, and I don't care if it's wrong. I think, especially with fantasy, you can call him whatever you want. Who cares? <laughs> I agree. Yeah. You go. So, Peter. <laughs> Uh, he's a rebel and he hosts meetings at his pub to like recruit local fighters to overthrow the king. And I don't really know. I guess everybody blames the king for why the land is poor. And then also he's got this Dre, which is a dragon shifter that works for him, who is like the king's assassin. And so everybody's scared of that guy. Um, but I don't like, I don't know that they really even get into, I mean, it's just, he's just a terrible king, I guess. Just the same as like, he's just, you know, hoarding wealth and. I don't remember at yeah. all. What was this, I mean, what's the I king's just, name? That I don't even, me. I didn't even write it down because honestly, also similar to your story, like, it's a kind of a, a deep, a, like a, what am I talking about? Or what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you think that this is the big bad, but then he's, like, taken care of swiftly. And so it's like, okay, a misdirect. God, the word was not coming to me. Um, so I didn't even, like, he didn't strike me as important, I guess. Like, I didn't even write his name down. Yeah, like, he wasn't really yes. even in it that much. So I think there's another king that's coming. Yeah, there's an emperor, and he is referenced emperor. in this. But okay. yeah, so I think the emperor is like in charge of all the different kings, but we haven't met any other kings. So I don't know. I feel I only read book one because I didn't have time to read the whole trilogy. So I feel like, you know, there's a lot that that hasn't been discovered at the end of this book, and I can't even really spoil it because I haven't read the other ones, so I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but the king is, like, wise to the fact that there are rebels around that are trying to overthrow him. So he sends Lord Eric out to kind of, like, TCB, take care of business and kill all of the rebels he can find or round them up so that he can eliminate the threat. Um, And we know because of legend and lore that, like, the Dre used to be, like, the protectors of the land and... Somehow, most of them were wiped out, but we do hear about the emperor when this, like, lore is being described, and we know that he is also a Dre, but I think, like, he's kind of the one who (laughs) ruined it because he wanted to recruit all of the other Dre's to, like, take over the whole land, and whatever Dre didn't want to fight for him, he would just murder, and so somehow the king got this Lord Eric to agree to an oath to protect him and like sparing his family was, I think the, the linchpin of that oath. 
But then, like, his whole family is dead, so I don't really, I, again, I think that there's, like, more to this story that we just haven't learned yet. Yeah, so I read this series a long time ago, and I didn't finish it, and I actually signed this because I was hoping you reading it would, like, spur my memory, and then I could finally finish the series. And as you're talking about it, I'm like, I feel like this first book might be a whole bunch of setup and filler, and then this goes a very different direction. It's quite possible. Yeah. So... <laughs> This and this book was it was honestly like really weird. So okay, so <laughs> it was weird as a first book. It a lot of it felt like it should have been like the second book in a series, and maybe it's because it didn't really describe things or set things up in a satisfying way for you to feel invested. So. Okay. <laughs> this book was a hard one for me. I don't know if you can tell. Like even organizing my thoughts was a little bit difficult. So we've got this rebel group and we've got this Dre Dragon Shifter guy who's, you know, on the rampage basically. He's in the different zones like scouting for rebel activity uh, with the goal of either killing or bringing these rebels before the, the king. And we know that there's a big rebel meeting that's scheduled to take place like that night and Dieter tells Ren like get out of here I don't want you here it's too dangerous and the rebel leader Cal is going to be at this meeting and so it's like you know obviously Lord Eric's going to be scouting because he's caught wind of this and so somehow two of the other king's men like latch on to Ren when she's walking home from the bar and they have identified her as like a member of the rebel group and so they show up at her house and so Lord Eric is also tracking her. Um, and they have this weird, like, exchange where, so there's a curfew, and so people aren't allowed to be out at night, I think. And so she ends up getting sidetracked and doesn't realize it's after curfew, and so she's trying to get home. And she sees Lord Eric in this, because she's, like, kind of dodging all these different buildings because she's worried about the Dre seeing her from the sky. And so she sees this guy, like, standing in the shadows, and she's like, oh, shit, dude, like, it's after curfew. Like, you need to get home, too. And it ends up being Eric. And he's like, you can see me? So I think there's, like, a setup right you away that, yeah, like, I guess, like, if he's cloaked in the shadows, like, nobody's supposed to be able to see him. And she notices yeah. him right away. And so immediately you're like, okay, there's something going more. on with Rin that she's, you know, more than what she says. And they also make note of her mother washing her hair because her mother says, oh, we're going to have to wash your hair again tonight. And her hair is like stiff. She like makes some mention about how, oh, I don't like the soap that my mom puts in my hair because it makes my hair really stiff. So she goes home. She Lord Eric like senses something about her and is like, you need to get home basically. And so she goes home and then finds out that Lord Eric has followed her there. And so he climbs through her window and he sees her mom. And there's like this shared look between them of we know each other. And he says something along the lines of like, I didn't think any of you existed anymore or something like that. And so her mom is like jigs up Rin I there's so much I haven't told you but you've got to get out of here like you need to run and I'm gonna stall these king's men who have now reached our home to take you away because you're a rebel <laughs> which she isn't even a rebel she's like rebel adjacent so I don't yeah. really know why they've latched on to her but her mom portrays herself as the rebel to buy Rin some time so Rin and and she also makes Lord Eric swear to protect her, which he does, like, to the best of his ability, given, like, the oath that he had to take. Um, so Rin l runs, but then she comes back to the house because she's like, no, I'm not going to run away. I have to save my mom. And she gets back to her house just in time to watch her mom, like, stab herself to death. And Fun. so... Yeah, and so she runs in, and now Eric's up a creek because the other king's men are there, and so he has to play along to capture Rin to take her before the king for questioning, um, unless Eric can, like, convince the king that Rin has, like, other usefulness. And so now Rin's at the castle, and I know it feels like I'm rushing through things, but all of this happens, like, right away. Like, this is just the beginning of the book. 
this is like the first like 10% or maybe even less of the book. <laughs> I like how that we say our books and the, percentages. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell we read off Kindle. Yeah. Um, so, you know, she's at the castle in front of the king right away. And so, so she's basically just like tortured throughout this whole book. This book is mainly just about her being tortured and she befriends a prisoner in the cell next to her. And then she also has this mysterious healer named Tyr, Tyrn, Tyr, who sneaks in to like heal her after every torture session. And it's like, who can she trust when everybody is keeping secrets from her, including like her trying to come to terms with the fact that her mom has kept secrets from her her whole life? Why is she being tortured? Yeah, why indeed? Okay, I don't remember any. Because basically, (laughs) she just would have been murdered, I think, except for Lord Eric made the king think that she possibly had more information about the rebels. Uh, To protect her. Yeah, and to protect her, I say in air quotes. So basically, she just keeps getting tortured to see if she'll talk, which with information that she doesn't have. At least that's how it starts initially. So... Right when she's captured, her mom dies in front of her. She's taken to the castle. So before she even goes in front of the king, Lord Eric, like, passes her off to this servant lady who (laughs) takes one look at her and basically (laughs) says, you're too pretty. Like, you're never going to make it in here. So she, like, rubs something all over her face to try to give her this muddy complexion and, like, rubs stuff in her eyes to make them all bleary and then chops her hair all off and these uneven chops and puts her in front of the king and then the king immediately is like ah she's really hot i can tell under all of this like you've done something servant girl and so decapitates this lady oh right God, in front of her i don't remember any of this yeah it's super gory like she, ex- <laughs> she describes watching like the ladies one half goes one way and the other half goes the other way not even like beheads or like decapitates or like right in half and then the lady, when she's dying, is like, finally, which reminded me of that Twilight movie. Oh, yeah. And the end where the one full Turi guy's like, at last. At last. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, really gruesome. So, like, as far as scary goes, this book is scary, I think, because it's all about torture. And, it, I mean, that part's really gory. When, when it gets into her torturing... It's not like every because there's a lot of it. There are a lot of scenes where she gets tortured, but she doesn't describe them all in detail. She describes like one or two of them and then it's a real like, oh, here I am going to get tortured again. And then it's like a fade to black. And then here comes Tear to come in with his healing salve to like heal me up. Yeah, I think I, um, I thought I assigned you the second book in my head. Yeah, well, we'll get into that. So (laughs) she gets handed over to her main torturer guy, whose name is Jotun. Jotun. And the first thing he does is he, like, injects her with something that makes it feel like she's got these insane bugs, like, crawling all under her skin and tearing her apart from the inside out. And so that's pretty descriptive and brutal to read. And she ends up passing out. so she a lot of this is her like in her cell and like I said she befriends this guy in the cell next to her named Ty and they kind of share food with each other and it it basically is just somebody for her to talk to so she doesn't go crazy and so after some of these conversations that she's having she starts noticing that there's moss growing like in the part of the cell that she's sitting in And then there's, like, one time where she's eating some bread and I think it's from the crumbs or she spits something out and, like, a bunch of wheat starts growing in her cell. And then the next time it's pumpkins. And so she's, she's like, doing this. She's causing this stuff to grow. And so I don't – I think it's Ty that ends up telling her that she's – now I have to read where it was. I think it's a phaeton. Is how to say it? Yeah, P-H-A-E-T-Y-N. 
mm-hmm. Satan. And so they're, again, like they kind of reference them at the beginning of the book as part of this mythology and lore that they're these healers of the land who basically like kept the agriculture thriving in their kingdom and they've become extinct and that's part of the reason why they're having such issues with their crops is that they don't have any phaetons left to but they keep do. the land healthy so yeah so it's discovered that rin is a phaeton and her mother kept her hidden because she knew that she would be used till she died basically by the king if he discovered what she was and that's why I don't remember. She put ended up putting something in her eyes, I think. They all look the same. They have, like, violet eyes and silver hair. And so she's been dyeing her hair and I think doing something to her eyes to change the color of them, too. Um, so the king learns what she is because somebody tells him, and I think it's Eric, because he can't help himself due to the oath. And so now she's being tortured he he starts being nicer to her because he wants to make sure she has energy left but he she he keeps sending her out to the different fields to make shit grow basically and she does so with her bodily fluids which is kind of gross <laughs> so it's like her spit or i think which she was bodily fluids <laughs> yeah any of them because i re- she was like hiding food she was trying to keep you know a store of food because they would as part of her torture go length of time without feeding her anything and so she would have to ration her food and so she was trying to find places to hide it in her cell so that they didn't take what she had as part of her torture and so she ends up like wrapping it up really well and putting it over in the corner where she like goes to the bathroom And so that's why would you keep your food where you go? Well, because there's only so many places to hide it in the cell. Amateur move. You got to keep those separate. Yeah. Uh, But anyways, her like poo and pee was like making stuff grow. God, this is a weird book. Who assigned this to you? (laughs) This is very bizarre. (laughs) Yeah. So it's it is a strange one. And it's like. I think my main issue with it was because it really truly is like right into the torture. Like she gets captured and and tortured almost immediately. And I feel like I didn't really have time to get to know her yet. Yeah. I got like this little snapshot of her life. I don't know. I mean, certainly other books have done that and I didn't have as much of an issue with it. But for some reason, I just had a really hard time connecting Like, I knew I was supposed to be feeling all these things for her while she was going through this, but I just, I didn't really, like, feel anything about it because I didn't have a connection to this character. Which is, like, maybe if, like, something was going on in the first book and then in the second book she gets captured, it's like, then you're invested. Yeah. But it's like, I don't really know, like, what's happening. And, you know, as far as the sexy go, I mean, they absolutely – had like laid the groundwork for there to be some sort of chemistry or interest between Eric and Rin. But this was what it's funny. So like all of these books we read, the guys are hundreds of years old and then the the girl is like 18. Well, she's like 17, I think. And Eric, you know, again is like hundreds of years old or some shit. I don't, I don't know if they tell us, but he's definitely old. And so it bothered me in this instance for some reason, and I don't know why. Like, even though I could tell that the the direction they were going was that this was going to be the romantic interest, I wanted the interest to have been between Eric and her mother, and then maybe, like, and maybe it, yeah, and I already know because I read ahead that that's not the case, but I I still couldn't tell if he was going to be more of, like, a, weird father figure type person or a lover and like i ain't mad at that in every book like to snap a silver stem would be an example of one where there's like a somebody that raised someone and he ends up being like there's some sexual chemistry there uh which is strange like i will fully admit that it also made me hot so i don't know what that says about one yet have you i haven't i'm dying i'm just dying too it's on my it's on the short list of my to be read for when we break. Um, but yeah, for these two, it's like, look, 
the character has the makings of being hot. Like, he's absolutely morally gray. He's a dragon shifter. He's tall, dark, and handsome. He's, like, been tortured and he's at war with himself because he's caught between what he wants to do and what the oath with the king is forcing him to do he's got his beast raging when he gets frustrated so he's doing a lot of like partial shifting of like canines and talons and scales that's all hot check 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 like that you know that ticks my boxes um but i just i never really felt any any heat building between them like i felt like i was being told that there was chemistry but i wasn't absorbing any of that like they had this weird thing where his breath is like a a drug that intoxicates people so he can like bend them to his will by breathing in their face (laughs) which is another weird kind of bodily fluid (laughs) type thing (laughs) but that doesn't work on Rin and so you know he tries to breathe in her face like in the first part of the book to get her to do what baby I'm gonna breathe in your face yeah super hot and she doesn't do anything, and he's like, huh, this should work on you, and it doesn't work. So there's another indicator, okay, well, there's something going on with Rin here. And so then he kisses her, because that's just, like, really up in the ante. And so, like, that scene should have been hot. Like, it was pretty charged, but also no consent. So that's, I mean, I don't know. There doesn't always have to be to turn and me so on. that's not usually a problem really for you, yeah, it's not. It's more but my I still like it's it's not even that factor that made it not hot for me. It just He doesn't care about it. It was like a means to an end. So I didn't even though it was like, oh, then we kissed and it was like fire between us. And I'm like, really? Are you sure? <laughs> I'm not buying it. Um so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I scary, yeah. I would give it I would give it like four scaries. It was pretty scary. Torture's a bummer. And <laughs> and the whole, like, uncertainty. Like, you don't really know where it's going to end up because you don't really know what's going on. I feel like the reader is kind of meant to be in a confused state during this book. Like, you're not sure what the end goal is. You don't – you know that Rin's being used, but you don't know who the good guy is. Yeah. But as far as, like, choosing sides goes, like, I – I don't want to, like, look, I'm probably not selling this book, but it it is well written. Like, I'm not sh- sure why I wasn't connecting to it. I mean, it could just be, like, a book hangover thing. I don't even remember what I read right before this. Oh, what yeah, I had to stop that? reading my reread of Court of Thorn oh, and Roses. So I was a little bit yeah. mad about that because I wanted time to finish that reread. So, you know, I probably went into this with a little bit of bitterness. <laughs> Which can absolutely color your opinion of a book. But I just, I found myself like never being able to muster very much enthusiasm to read. It's it's one that I, I wasn't craving to go back to it. I was reading it because I felt like I had to. Interesting. Well, and like I said, I think I was thinking of the second book and I barely remember this first book. So I'm wondering... If I kind of had the same reaction, but there was enough to keep me going and then yeah, the story really I picked think, up in the second. Yeah, it could be. And I I would go back and read more. I didn't have time to just because of the reading schedule that we have. Because um, I do I do like the writing. Like the mm-hmm. writing was good. Like I don't have anything bad to say about that. It's just such a weird way to start a series. <laughs> I don't know. Um and I don't know, maybe the connection between Eric or Tyrick is I don't I'm I'm not sure how much to spoil. Oh. So like I'll just spoil it. I don't give a shit. So you find out that <laughs> Eric has actually been the prisoner in the cell next to her, and he also has been Tyr, who's been coming in to like yeah. tend her wounds. So he's been all of these people. Yes, to spy for the king because the king's the one who told him to pose as a prisoner so he could feed him information, but also to like help her so that, you know, she didn't feel like she was alone. Um, And he wasn't even really healing her with the salve he's putting on her after her torture sessions. She was healing herself because as a phaeton, she's able to do that. Uh, So I think he was like 
trying to protect her from that knowledge about herself. Well, I think he didn't want her to discover that about herself, something he probably already knew because of her mother and because of um, maybe her not reacting to his breath or whatever. But <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, it's like by the by the time you get to the end of the book, you're like, OK, I trust him, even though he's been like you're not sure if he should be trusted or not through the whole book yeah. and then I looked ahead because I was like okay she's not really being asked to choose any sides in this book because she's kind of like starting on the right side of the people with the village that are trying to overthrow the king but the king ends up dead at the end and you know she is the rebel leader Cal ends up being the king's son and so they're like okay well you can take over this territory then and he frees Eric so he's no longer bound to his oath and so you get the sense that okay there's obviously like something happening here so in the next book I skipped ahead and I think this one you go to the emperor Mm-hmm. And you also find out another secret about Rin at the end of this book is that she is a, a dre as well yeah. as a fiend. And there's like two different things. Did we do that yet? There's two like the Irolic or something. Maybe I'm skipping way nope, ahead. You're probably oh. skipping way ahead. Okay. So yeah. So she's it's- like half dre, half phaeton. And oh then my. of course, Eric's like her mate, which I that gets you discovered in the next in book. Yeah. Which I'm like, I don't know. I was sort of hoping for a misdirect and there was going to be a different yeah. love interest. But I think I 100% mate. was thinking of the second book and I completely forgot about this first book. Or I like molded it in with the second one somehow. Yeah. So <laughs> the emperor ends up being her dad. Yeah. Like that's the spoiler that I could glean from the second book. And so I'm assuming the choosing sides is going to be, is she going to fight for her father or is her father really the one that's bad or is she gonna stick with the new king who's promised to turn things around because he's not the sadist that the old guy was something like that yeah yeah so there's absolutely setup for that like i could tell that you know something was afoot (laughs) as it were (laughs) it just didn't quite get there in this installment i failed you should keep assigning your own books because like I read something I hadn't read before so it wasn't a read I didn't hate it it just didn't grab me but sometimes first books don't oh I like like I keep saying I think I completely forgot about this book like it didn't really it wasn't a standalone in my mind I just melded it in with the other ones so typically I don't like spoilers but having read some of the spoilers for the second book I am kind of more intrigued intrigued now so I can see myself going back to this it's just hard because I have so much on my to be read list right now much like the Zodiac Academy books I'm like I have a a mild interest in returning to this world but it's not like that high up on my list so who knows that's definitely my first read once we're done all right. That's where I'm going because the, the next one's coming out. So, yeah, mine is uh, the I don't even remember what it's called. The Snap of Silverstone sequel. No, oh, that is it. Yeah. It's Bleed Bleed a crystal Bloom. Yeah, there you go. Bloom is the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the first on my list. And I also have to finish the Savage Land series. I totally um, forgot. I mean, I didn't forget about it, but I'm, I'm way behind on that one. Yeah, I just have one more. Um, so I got to read that and I know there's so much to read. I was going to do a whole, oh yeah, I should say like happy spooky season. (laughs) It's October now. And I did have a plan because, you know, if we'd stuck to our initial recording schedule, we would be finished with our current season right now. And I did have a whole plan where I was going to do like a witch book only for October. So I'm still, I'm still going to try to do that. I just have one more book to read that's not witches yes yeah and then the next one it. is yeah yeah i mean i want to read it it's also been on my to be read list for since it came out which i already forgot what it's called because once glow. again i cannot remember the names of all these books yeah glow yeah 
they all start with a G and they're mm-hmm. all something sparkly. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess that is a perfect segue. It's a good segue. Yeah. what I read. So I think everybody, this is not going to become or be a surprise. I read Gleam. That's the G word, I think, right? Yeah. Now I'm saying yeah. guessing myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it it's is the third. Build, gl- glint, gleam, glow. Glow. Okay. So yes, yeah. I read the third installment of the Plated Prisoner series. And I am not even going to try to not do spoilers because there's way too much in this book that it like has to be discussed. <laughs> so <laughs> if you haven't read it, stop right now. Turn this off. Don't listen any farther. But further, further. Well, I feel like the bets are kind of off when you're talking about books further in a series. Yeah. Like, you can't, you have to spoil, yeah, because you're in it. So it's like, obviously, you're assuming that people have read the books that come before this. Yeah. And we've already discussed the two before this. Yeah. And while I didn't give away everything in those two, like, we know where we're at at this point. Mm -hmm. And so, especially with the theme choosing sides, I'm not going to do a synopsis because, like I said, we're in. We know where we're at. Um. Well, why don't you just quickly say, like, where did we leave off? <laughs> where did we leave off? So, oh, like, yes. left yeah. off where Orin is returned to Midas. She's in the castle. Midas is trying to put her back in a cage. She's like, fuck no, breaks out. Like, they're definitely at odds. And then we discover that Midas has invited Rip, Commander Rip, and the king. Ravenger. Ravenger. Yeah. Ravenger. To stay. And like we, he was kind of manipulated into making that invite, and so then Ravenger shows up in Orin's room, and that's kind of where we stop, right? Yeah, and we discover that it's Rip. Does that happen? Okay. I couldn't remember if that happened at the end because we the the book kind of starts with them together in the room still, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it was like a bombshell. It was and she's black, and then yeah. when you come into this book, you kind of like just. Yeah, start up right where you left off and like right from the get-go like she's pissed because she's like once again i've been deceived the person that i was really leaning towards that i thought was being honest to me with me and supporting me wasn't being honest because he's also the king and he kept that from me i don't she's got this like immediate like anger towards him about it and i just i have a really hard time backing her up on that (laughs) i'm just like (laughs) because you love rip I love him and Midas is so evil, right? Like my like the manipulation that Midas has done to her is not like what Rip has done at all. Yeah, but like certainly you can understand that when you already have reasons to be yeah, distrustful. You've already been a little traumatized. I get yeah. it. Yeah. And then you're like something has made it so that you have to call into question this person's motives. Yeah. So it's not even that this it's not even this lie so much as it's well if you lied to me about this then what else have you you lied to me about or what do you want me for? Like m- yeah. your whole motivation is now called into question. And also, I think that Ravenger slash Rip it just provides her with an outlet for her anger. That's what I really think it's about. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a safe place for her to be like, I'm angry at you and I'm going to actually say it because I can't say it to Midas. Although she is starting to try to say it to Midas. Um, Yeah. And he like loves it. He eats it up. And he's like, give it to me. Like, yes, let's see this anger and strength. I love that about his character. It's like one of my favorite things about him. Like, he's just like, yeah, let it go fly little bird fly <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um but yeah we're th- that's where we're at and basically um i think a lot of the beginning of this book it was a little slow for me um because it really it, i mean it wasn't slow but i wanted rip like i knew that rip was in that castle i like let's get this going come on are they gonna like finally cross the line let's do this you know none of these like whispered kiss that's not a real kiss like come on you don't get that right away. You get a lot of Midas and you get her kind of establishing like her strength against Midas, which is needed. And yeah, kind of like telling. seeing how her journey 
since she has left changed the her. castle has changed her and Absolutely. now like the ways that she's trying to exercise that and the yeah. like force that she's meeting yes I love that too like they talk about um she's like working out like she realizes like she needs to be strong and like and she got that from her time with the wrath like when they were doing workouts and she realized like she was weak and she needs to be stronger and she's starting to use her ribbons because like she is like Rip's gotten in her head like she's listening to what he said like she's like okay I'm gonna be strong and like I'm not gonna let Midas control me yeah but I'm gonna do it for me but I'm gonna do it for me I'm not gonna right. do it for you I'm not gonna do it for you either Rip I don't know what you want yet but yeah which is <laughs> awesome like I mean yeah. that's such a great I like you know choosing sides like Arn really starts choosing herself herself absolutely yeah, yeah. and like she yeah. makes that very clear she might not articulate it to Midas as much but she does articulate it to Rip like very much and like that is one scene that I really love so she comes her and rip connect like on a oh that's right she's turning things gold for midas and she's so tired and rip recognizes it and like he's just like pissed because the guards aren't helping her once again kind of like that scene when he lifts her off the horse um because nobody will touch her because they've been told never to touch her and so he's just like fuck off you guys like i'm gonna help her she can barely walk um and so they're up on the balcony together because he walks her to her room and he kind of it kind of makes the moves like he kind of makes it known like hey like let's there's something here and she's just like i can't and he's like fine like he thinks once again like you know in the past how she said like i'll choose midas i'll always choose midas i think in his mind he thinks that's what's happening and she's like no i, I choose myself and like he's he's proud of her like he's happy. yeah like i can't muddle the waters anymore by adding yeah. that element in like i need to be concentrating on my own healing yeah journey. and like I love that. Like, that's such a good message to have, especially in these types of books, because they get criticized a lot for that, like, the alpha male and, like, you know, like, just choosing one for the other and, like, it's still not really a great relationship. Um, And this, like, is empowering because she is just choosing herself and she's realizing that she has a lot of power. But then, sadly, Midas kind of manipulates her as usual and, like, is like, hey, I've got Digby, which that was so sad. Um, so he's got Digme. He's using that against her so that she continues to kind of be his little pet and play along. Yeah, that's like, uh, like we all have had those toxic people in our mm-hmm. lives. And I feel like even though the tide had started to turn when she was sent back or when she decided to go back, there was still this part of her that remembered the goodness or the perceived goodness of Midas and wants to like genuinely give him a chance to be able to say hey like my boundaries have changed and like I'm giving you the opportunity to respect that and then just to very clearly see that that's not something that's going to happen yeah that yeah, dynamic that, is not something he is going to be willing to to change yeah no she definitely gives him that opportunity like when she first gets back she's like hey i'm not going to be in a cage anymore and like you know he kind of plays along but then she finds like she discovers she's still in a cage like there's still guards she can't go out and wander around and like i love that part too she keeps she starts sneaking out um so that she can like go to the library and like yeah like explore. using her ribbons to jump yeah like be a freaking normal human like she well she's not human she's fey but you know like when she was in the camps and she could like you know we were teasing like this book is just her walking around right this book's very much that in the beginning as well like she's just walking around the castle because for the first time she actually has the confidence to realize that like she should you know like yeah and i love how she just like throws it in their faces too like that she can't be i mean she does kind of start off i think trying to be sneaky but then yeah. as her confidence grows, she's just like, nope, fucking got out of that locked room, suckers. Yep. Yeah, like th- that's, and I love that too, because it does like, that says something because it's like, she's always in these locked rooms with guards and it's like, it doesn't matter to her anymore. Like she still sees a way out all the time, which wasn't how she viewed things before. So that's like a big transformation in her character that I think is really awesome for lack of a better word um that she is seeing these like alternative routes um but like as the book goes on you realize Midas still very much has his like control over her especially with him having Digby but there still is like she's still mischievous you know she's still looking for ways around it she's trying to find Digby and then she's also has this you know alliance with Rissa um and they are working together to try to like they want to leave 
like both yeah so did we really talk about that i don't know that i we talked about really the like the gold Rissa. the exchange like rissa knows the secret and, and okay. to keep it um Aaron is giving her gold and basically giving her a way out but now you know they've communicated again and Aaron's like okay we're actually going to both leave together like we're going to get out of here um and then there's that you learn of a new thing called do it's a drug um it makes you really horny uh and drugged out of your mind it's great stuff for saddles perfect fit um and so like one Polly has gotten hooked on it and so while Polly has never been Aaron's friend in any way um Rissa and Polly are close really not really she was like nicer I guess well and they had that bonding moment on the ship where yeah Oren kind of tried to protect her from yeah pirate yeah and so I think Rissa tolerates her I don't there's a friendship there it's strained but there there's something there um but Polly and Oren no there's no love there at all but basically Rissa's like hey I have to get Polly out too and so like fine fine you know like this party keeps like growing there because they're gonna get digby out as well um so they're kind of working together to get him out but meanwhile there is still slade is popping up in and out you're kind of just like waiting for that kind of to go somewhere and it's just really not going anywhere and then it suddenly is (laughs) which is fantastic (laughs) but yeah i mean it's like rm basically like she's she's really she's the one that is kind of guiding her path at this point and it's you know great to see and like she basically is like she just goes to his room and like i like you don't exactly know what choice she's made you just know she's seeking out his room yeah i don't think she knows what choice she's no made. she's just gonna go find his room um and then there's a, like the commander rip so we learned that there's the commander rip stand-in which is not king ravenger in his other form like it's actually a stand-in and the stand-in right. is there uh and she's like like where's Slade and he's just like um oh just go on in like go wait and she's like you want me to just wait in his room he's like yeah like (laughs) I know (laughs) which I kind of loved yeah Yeah. I like that too because it shows that like they all know they like all know that like Slade is just waiting for her to decide you know like there's a knowledge there it's not just like what are you doing here like like oh finally finally yeah can we go now i hate this kingdom it snows all the time i hate it here like let's yeah. let's wrap this up he um, might be trying to be polite and wait for you to come around on your own but the rest of I'm us are ready it. to fucking tell yeah. him back home <laughs> exactly um so yeah she goes into the room and like lisa is so hot this is oh like my god this is like yeah ever. i agree ever. i agree because like, there's that whole component of like i don't even touch. know if we've talked about touch. that so much that like her gold is active during the day yeah, and not day. at night so like yeah. you can't have any skin on skin contact with her not. while the sun's up or you yeah. gonna get goldified yeah <laughs> and so like basically she tells him hey I have this new thing. It's called want. And I want you. I like, I want to choose you. Let's do this. And I gets funny. Cause he's like, well, you basically just told me you loved me. And she's like, no, I did it. And he's like, okay. Yeah. Right. And he's totally right. She, she loves him. She just doesn't like, she's never like for someone that hasn't had control of her life for so long. Like it's not surprising that she wouldn't be able to identify that. Right. Or she's, just like what she thinks love is. Yeah. She doesn't yeah, want to call this that because up, it's like yeah. a negative thing right now for her. So this love is what love. controls her right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, but it's so great because like, so the sun hasn't set yet. So they're just sitting there like apart from each other. And he's just like, you know, take your clothes off. He's a little, he's a dirty talker. And I liked mm-hmm. it. I don't usually like that much talking, but he says the right things for sure. It did get to one point where I'm like, okay, shut up now. I'm over it. <laughs> Like, let's just yeah. do this. Um, but there's a lot of, like, he's a good, like, tease, I guess I would say. Um, and, you know, a little, a little forceful in the best way. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so fine. They're just, like, waiting. Fine as long yeah. as it's a consensual. It's consensual. Force. Yeah. And she's basically just waiting across the room, like, stripped down. Um, and, you know, they're playing with their words. Uh, and then the sun finally goes down. And it's just like, yes! Yeah. <laughs> And then they collide. They totally collide. And it's wonderful and hot and consensual. 
and powerful. And you have been waiting for waiting and two waiting and a half and books for this yes. to happen, or however, yeah. like whatever point it happens during this book, I can't remember. But it's pretty. It's like it's halfway in in this book. Like it takes yeah. a while because I'm just like, oh, finally, because you don't know because there's that whole like balcony scene. She's like, I'm choosing myself, mm-hmm. and he's like proud. So you're like, oh, he might step back, um, and he kind of does, but. Like, once she's decided, it's game on. And then he does, like, I know it's so pathetic, but I love this. When they're, like, the the love interest is just, like, hey, once, like, just so you know, once we cross this line, it's crossed. You're mine. You're coming with me. I'm not leaving you here. Like, you know, like, we're together in this. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm Faye, so we're together for a fucking long time. And I'm going to yeah. be possessive. Sorry. It's my nature. <laughs> you know? Um, but he still actually never really like he shows a little bit of possessiveness, but like he should like he gets pissed off when he sees that Midas has like hit her and bruised her face. So anytime he sees like Midas has caused her pain, he gets pissed. I don't know if that's possessiveness. I think that's just like caring yeah, about it's somebody just watching somebody you love being hurt. And of course and you want to like, lash out. Yeah. Yeah. Not feeling like you can do anything about it because you have to wait for them to get to that point where yes. they are accepting of your help. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, because if you do act out, you're gonna push them further away. Yeah, and he doesn't. So I, I think he's. I going back to one of the other ones. I think he's a nice alpha. You know, like yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I, I just I I don't know why I love that. Like it's you and me. We've crossed the line. Maybe it's like the choice of it, and then the finality, and just I don't know. I hot. think it's also that. I mean, I don't know if it's like a product of our upbringing specifically, like the era Divorce. that we were raised in, <laughs> but that idea that like there's that perfect person and that like one true love and then mm-hmm. when you like come together, everything else falls away and it's just like that's – yeah. That's not real life. I mean, you know, like – obviously, were. Yeah, but I think like, you know, in real life you can have – multiple great loves and like you know what I mean like sometimes a couple doesn't make it because they just don't grow together like they grow Mm, apart and like that's also okay um but yeah I mean it's like the the ultimate romantics wet dream is that like one true love that lasts forever and it's you against the world and yeah nothing's gonna break you apart yeah, and that is, like, totally, like, my little love language. Like, oh, God, when a book does that, I'm all in. <laughs> yeah. So this book does it. <laughs> but they ha- also have to, like, keep it interesting. They do. Because like, you don't want it to fall prey to what I've talked about before. It's when, you know, then it's just, like, the sex scenes stop being so, like, explosive or special. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, now they're having sex again. Yeah. Do, whatever. Well, And that's something that's really good about this book that I really enjoyed was that we know they're together and the Wrath probably know they're together. They do. But Midas still doesn't actually know. And so like Midas, like they're still in situations where they're they're all together and like Midas is like trying to flex his power. And like you know that like Oren, like, I fucked her. Yeah, exactly. And I like, I loved that too. I was just like, I think I like highlighted something where I was like, I love that Midas is just like precious do this, and like Slade's probably just sitting there like, I was all up in your precious last night. Like, and I don't know. I thought that was hot. Yeah, there is like that it. secret, you know, yeah. element. And it is a secret. Like so, like they, they can't have too much sex or anything because they're not really supposed to be together it's not easy for them to be together at this point um and then it's really cute because like Lou sneaks her out so that they can go like hang out at the campfire all together and just it's I don't know it's it's sweet like like yeah um but then you know there's obviously there's still Midas is still there Midas is you know we talked about a sociopath or psychopath I don't know which one um psychopath psychopath um so you know that there's still this like threat and it is very interesting in the book because it's like it's like she is falling in love and she's in this like little love cloud and like for some reason like that like you know it's still there you know the threat of Midas is still lingering but we just don't think about it for a little while and then you know well, it's, she does. yeah it's like you get distracted by this mm-hmm. like love blossoming between them and Orin kind of coming into her power but you yeah. also know that like the other shoe is about to drop it's totally gonna drop and it does and but there's like a, a little false drop first though because there is a visiting queen from the is it the third kingdom or fourth king third kingdom i, One of those I lose track i remembered it was kingdom 
Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. She's visiting, and I think her name is Kayla. Uh, mm-hmm. And, like, That's and cool. her and Midas have decided that they're going to get married, which reminds me I need to bring up something else. Um, and so she confronts Aaron because she her power is that she can hear whispers. She can pull them towards her. Or she can also, like, make it to where no one can hear her own whispers or what they're talking about. Uh, and so she's like, hey, I need to know if you're a problem. Like, are you going to be in my way? Do I need to, like, take care of you? Which, you know, I appreciate how upfront she is. Uh, but Aaron's like, oh, shit. No, you don't have to worry about me. She's like, all right, you take off with Commander Rip. Because at this point, they think Commander Rip and Aaron have a thing together. Um, I mean, they do, but the commander's not who they yeah, think he they is. Yeah, but they don't know. Yeah. 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 Um, and so she's just like, yeah, sweet. Okay, cool. I'll take off with Rip. Oh, you twisted my arm. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> That's pretty funny. But, like, also, Kayla does not know that Orin is actually the source of Midas's power. So, like, she can't leave. So, like, so she's gotten herself kind of in a mess without knowing that she's in this mess. Um, but then that also reminds me, Melina is still around. And Melina has been overthrown. And Midas believes Melina's dead. But as a reader, this is the first time we actually know something that the characters don't know. Like, I don't think she's dead yet. Like, because she gets away from the assassin. That's the last we heard of her. Yeah. So Melina's still a player. She's just, you know, out there somewhere mm-hmm. right now. So I'm sure she'll come back into play. Um, but yeah, anyways. So Oren's supposed to be leaving with Commander Rip, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, Midas can't let that happen because Midas knows that Oren Jiggle is- be up. Yeah, exactly. And so then things really turn and we get to where something that is foreshadowed earlier in the bit, book um commander rip or slate i don't know i hate it when they have multiple personalities like who what am i supposed to call them i guess the you guy. just call him slade slade okay so point. slade says to Oren early on like you know one day you're gonna find your edge you're gonna find that thing that like breaks you and pushes you over and i hope that you don't fall i hope you fly um and so like you kind of know something is coming so midas finds her edge midas like loses his shit Takes her to see Digby, but then also Digby's just beaten. And then because she's been lying and sneaking out and getting involved, like the saddles too, there's stuff there. Um, he like he slices off her ribbons and it's really sad. And yeah, because he it. basically like identifies that as her power. Like you've yeah, been because- using your ribbons to escape out of the room. You've been yep. using your ribbon. I mean, he doesn't know that she's been using her ribbons to train to fight, but it's yeah. basically like his way of coming in and taking her power away. Yeah, it's a symbol of power to her. It's a symbol of something that she has that clearly no one else has, right? Um, and and she pushes him back with them too. So uh, he slices them off and it's really sad. And then he also drugs her with the dew. So basically he's like, hey, you don't want to be in a cage anymore. I'm going to put you in a cage in your mind, which I think is way more terrifying. Um, just a really sad, sad well, scene. Well, yeah, because it's like, you don't even so she hasn't had any power and this is his way of coming in and being like you don't even know what that looks like yeah and i'm gonna show you now what not having any power truly is like look at all this freedom that i gave you before that you didn't appreciate so exactly and he's still i mean like midas is just like master manipulator like still manipulating her you know okay so the edge i think it's partially the ribbon cutting, but the big edge is when Arn realizes that Midas is actually someone from her past. Um, when she was a saddle, well, not I don't even like called it. I get they called it a saddle then too. Um, so she worked for the the cure or something was basically his whore, um, and brought in money for him. And there was another a skin trader, I guess you would call them. <laughs> in the city and his name was Barden East and then Zakir was like Zakir of the West right and so they kind of split up their territories and Barden East was getting pissed because this golden touch tour kept taking all of his clients and making more money for Zakir and so he really really wanted her so he was like he kept trying to reach out and like you know basically at one point these goons come are like hey you got to come see Barden, he wants to see you now. And she that's when she finally is takes off. She runs away. She's got money. She hops on a boat. She's making her great escape. And then that's when she meets Tyndall. But turns out Tyndall was also always all along Barden East. So that's like the ultimate. I think she was like, fuck you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
I have been so manipulated from the very beginning. And like, yeah, you said she was still trying to give him a chance. Like maybe there was kindness. Maybe there actually was love there. And that's the moment where she realizes like there was never any love. Like he was always calculated. Yeah. Like I think before she thought he was this one way before and now he's changed. But I know that that good person that we, you know, went through all these struggles together is still there. And I just have to get him to find his way back to himself. But then she realizes that person never Never, existed in the first place. So. And he had manipulated her too from being that person, the person she thought he was. Because she thought he saved her. He never saved her. He orchestrated all of that. Like even the threat that he like supposedly saved her from was actually his men. So it was all a lie. And I think that was when like that was the true she found the edge. And then we get to see like is she going to fall or is she going to fly? And you don't really know by the end. But things get real. Oh my god. It's so awesome. (laughs) Like, basically, she just, like, loses her shit. And so even though the sun's not out, she's like, this place is covered in gold. And that gold is me. And she draws it all back into her and, like, turns it into lava. And, like, chandeliers are dripping and melting people and, like, trapping the guards into gold. Like, it's gruesome and amazing. Like, oh, my God. I well, wish part of that is, of like, because Ravenger was threatened. Yes. And so, like, yeah. the jigs – I mean, not the jigs not fully up because they still think Rip and Ravenger are two know. different people. Yeah. But then it's, like, flipped because it's, like, really, like – I, he's the one I've been having an affair with. Yeah, and there is a great moment with that because, like, so basically, they Midas sets it up to where it looks like King Ravenger has poisoned the Folky's son, which I didn't. I haven't even talked about him because he's like, he's just a weird little king. He's a little peasant. Right. Anyway, I think I had a quote somewhere like they say he's just like a cocky little ship ship brain. I don't know. Um, I made that up. <laughs> Like, you really just don't really care about him. But you know that King Ravenger has been protecting him because he knows Midas is going to want to take him out so he can take over that kingdom as well. Um, So they set him up to where it looks like King Ravenger has actually poisoned him or rotted him. Um, And then that's when Oren's like, oh, no. (laughs) Like, she she finally does stand up. And then there is that moment where Midas is like, fuck, it's him. Like, that's the dude. Like, it's not Commander Rip. Like, it's actually King Ravenger that you have the feelings for and then like he grabs Aaron and like puts the knife in her throat and there's like this whole like moment where like Digby looks up and like we're reminded of like that first scene with Fulky where Fulky has a knife at her throat and then Midas supposedly saves her but didn't really save her and like it just once again like kind of reiterating that idea that Midas has never ever ever been on her side and now he's got this knife to her throat and so she melts it in her rage and then she like he has this like gold his six prong golden crown and she melts that like into his head and it's like piercing into him and then she turns him she gives him a golden kiss turns him solid gold and Midas is dead yeah that was pretty shocking yeah because this whole time you're like well this isn't the end of the series and like yeah. Midas has been the big bad this whole time so now it's like oh right? my gosh like what yeah. happening well, next <laughs> and it's interesting because as I was reading this series I know when I read this book I thought it was the last book because I think at first they said it was going to be three books and then it was extended to five so I'm wondering if maybe originally this was the end and then it was there's more story to tell you know because yeah. like this really is the end of Midas's story yeah like, like it's, I I think that obviously like Oren and Slade have a larger journey to go on here oh, yeah. um but I just like who's gonna be the big bad now I don't know but or I'm excited I mean I said me. Melina's still out there and Kalia yeah. or whatever her yeah. name is is still out there um but yeah it was oh it was such an amazing scene basically though she gets lost in all of her rage and power and she's not in control anymore and so Slade walks in with his forest green calming eyes uh and tries to talk her off the ledge and then she's like shit I want to go off the ledge but I can't control it like I'm lost run you know and so he rots her not not permanently, but he rots her to like get her under control. Well, we don't know that. She That's passes true. He, out. Yeah, he rots her. She passes out, and he walks out. But then you do get a little like this was interesting because I'm like, was this needed? I mean, I enjoyed it, but I don't know if it was needed because you get that, and it could have ended there. But then you get um Slade's 
perspective of the scene as well. And like, yeah. he's like, oh shit, like Aaron's doing it. And then there is one point or part that I did love that they included because Osric, which is like Slade's big right hand man, like really bulky, huge warrior, kind of cranky. Aaron's not sure if she likes him or not, but you know, and he's like, oh fuck, she did it. She killed him. She really did it. Like he's like excited and proud of her. Like I shouldn't be excited by someone killing someone, but come on, it's Midas. He deserved it. Yeah, she took he her power back. Died. Yeah, so that was like I was happy that I got that moment, but I don't know if we really needed um the rest of it. Yeah, I don't know why it was there, but I will say that like Raven Kennedy doesn't do anything without a reason or a purpose, so that might play in somewhere at some time. Mm -hmm. Um, because yeah and I didn't even talk because there's so much exciting stuff that happened in this book I kind of focused more on that Um, but once again you still do have like that really beautiful writing like that way like things just naturally unfold in a really lovely way and then lots of like little hints and like foreshadowing and like just kind of you know knowing something more is going on so Mm -hmm. uh, I I honestly this book I didn't enjoy it as much in the third read oh really yeah because I was just kind of like I don't know can they just get together already like I mean I've only read it once yeah like I found like all the political intrigue while necessary like I just didn't want to read it I was like, uh, whatever. Can like, let's just do this. Like, let's let Slade and Orin do their thing, which they mm-hmm. do. It's fine. Um, but yeah, like, it took me a little while to get through. I still think it's a good book, absolutely, and I'm really excited to read the next one. Um, but yeah, it's something. Something was a little lacking in it for me. I'm not quite sure. I like. I did notice, like, you don't get as many of like the funny moments. That's why when I got that line from Osric, I was so happy. Cause like, yeah, you know, there's definitely like less playfulness. In yeah. Like because it's. Aaron's facing her shit. Like yeah, she's yeah, not yeah. hiding behind humor anymore. So it makes sense. But I do miss kind of like her, her humor. You don't get it as much. Mm-hmm. So maybe I that's see that. Yeah. But, I mean, I uh, think ultimately I probably liked it the best just because they come together. Finally. And they come together. So well. Waiting for that. So. Yeah. I'm no. always like, yes, the yeah. slow burn has paid off again. Yeah, no, that was a definitely, this is, I think, one of the best slow burns that are, has been done in all yeah. of these books that we read. It was oh, so it's good. It's a good one. It's a yeah. good one for sure. But I am nervous because I looked ahead to read the next book, just like, just the like caption, not actually reading it. And it's like, I've been betrayed again. And I'm like, God, do we have to do this? Like, the Slade have to let her down and did something. And now she feels betrayed. And they're not going to be together. And like, ugh. But OK, whatever. I trust Raven Kennedy. I did start it already. So I- I'm not going to say anything, though, because I think you just need to read it. Am I going to be It's a little bit of a slow start. I'll just say that. Much. All right. All right. Well, I'll be there. So we're going to break our um, theme, theme, (laughs) the theme of themes that we've been doing this season. Um, Yeah, format. There you go. That would be a better word for it. We're going to break our theme format. Um, We've got two more episodes this season before we take a break. Um, And instead of doing two books, we're just going to go back to what we did previous seasons and we're just going to focus on one book. so obviously for next week, we're going to read Glow, Glow, <laughs> which is the most recent installment of the Plated Prisoner series by Raven Kennedy. So Glow and then City of Ruin and then we break. Uh, so that's that's your reading assignments for those of you who haven't read these yet. I'm sure everyone else out there is like, yeah, read that done like already two weeks ago. Catch well, no, up, it hasn't guys. been out that long. Read that two days ago. <laughs> yeah. Had an advanced copy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Losers. <laughs> All right. So thank you for joining us for another episode, and we will see you soon. Bye. Bye. This has been another episode of the Sexy Scary Book Club with your hosts, Lisa and Jessica. We have more episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you pod. If you like us and want to hear more, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at sexyscarybook or send us an email and tell us what you think at sexyscarybookclub at gmail.com.